When witches gather with whiskey and weed, you'll never know where our topics may lead. I know when you uh, tuned into this episode of Witches, Whiskey, and Weed, you were expecting to see three different faces other than what you have right now, but we thought uh, we'd switch it up a little bit and the men of the Coven Dups would... Uh, Back by popular That's demand! Right. Get a Romital episode, so I'm grimmed up. I'm synced up. I'm dangered up. And the reason that we're sitting here instead of the, the ladies this this go around is because the conversation of masculinity within within the uh, witch or pagan traditions has been neglected and we went on an episode of that a while ago and now we're on to another question of as men what drew us or kept us in that path of you know pagan witch something alternative other than to the christian that mm. is so obviously dominated right now in the feminine yeah. It's a tough draw. Good question to ask. Um, I was raised, I was adopted at the age of three and raised by a predominantly Christian family and did a whole lot of searching around within the Christian ranks trying to find my place and never found it and then fell in love with nature. Now, one of the things that I was taught through this Christian upbringing once upon a time was someone told me, I never did any deeper research than listening to this person, but then in the ancient Hebrew texts, the Holy Spirit had a symbol written next to it that would suggest that the Holy Spirit was female. And um, so there is a symbol, supposedly in the ancient Hebrew text, there is a symbol following any time they write the Holy Spirit. And it, it suggests that the Holy Spirit is feminine in nature. So there's the term for Holy Spirit with the symbol for feminine Correct. attached to that. And, that's and, like... and I don't know if there's any true. I haven't researched that. Mm -hmm. Part of being a young Christian was that I, I blindly swallowed whatever was told me. And I didn't do very much research. <laughs> so well, that's what faith that. is, though. That's what faith... <laughs> that is, that is. And Blind so, faith. Um, faith. when I finally started feeling a more spiritual learning and following for myself as opposed to a blind faith, um, it felt very natural to recognize a sacred feminine Um and it felt 
right to have that balance between, you know, what, while the Christians are very strong, God-fearing, the opposite is of the pagan, very much the goddess-fearing or the goddess is in charge. And so um, it was easy to find that balance. Things felt comfortable to know that that there was this sacred feminine that had been thought of well, well, long before any of uh, Christianity came along into things. And so well, I started exploring from there what the goddess culture was about and just... Well, what was your exposure, though, to that feminine knowledge that... that I came up here for my son's birth and was working for a construction company and had met somebody who kept going to some gatherings and telling me about them. And eventually, months later, I was invited to a Samhain gathering. And okay. so it was my first exposure. And I <laughs> was eagerly welcomed into that group of people. And uh, we circled around for years and years and years together. And um, circles have changed, you know, much mm. as life does, things things have a rhythm and things certainly come in and go away. And that's <clears throat> just, just life. Um, but through that, I found something that I felt called to on a deeper just level. Second. I made that a little bit strong. So if you help me drink, it'll be half the strength. Right? Okay. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. To you I like <laughs> that's how I got called into a goddess faith. Um, and it makes so much sense to have that balance, um, I like to think of the Mother Earth and all that energy around it, and we are we are the stewards. We are to take care of this land, to nurture it, to follow its cycles. This makes so much sense. Okay. I don't understand how I ever could have not <laughs> taken that into consideration but when the you, first half of my life. When you first started circling, did you notice that it was uh, mostly women that participated in, in, that, oh, in that path? Absolutely. Did you feel outnumbered or less significant within? <laughs> <clears throat> I like to feel a duty. So immediately I felt purposeful, but eventually I felt in some circles around some people, I felt as though I was never called to walk my own path to be my own person. I was to follow and serve females. Mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. it so seemed unbalanced. So in a lot that of ways. We were always in servitude. There was like, there was a brief mention of the masculine energies during the summer and the beginning of spring and until before fall kicked in where like, Hey, the sun, let's do a sun ceremony. But there was no call to us in our sacred masculinity within that because it wasn't supposed to exist. Our sacred masculinity was to serve the goddess right. specifically. And I felt like you know, there's an imbalance to that. And a lot of people had thought, but Every time, as I mentioned last time, that I really tried to start a man group or circle, it's just running into that bump up. Yeah, define man. Define man, yeah. yeah. I want to get 
dangerous viewpoint on this as well, but when you were in that position where you were starting to feel like servitude-ish in a way, would you say that's subservient to? Correct. Okay. <clears throat> Did you ever feel that you could point that out and say, let's fix this here within our own group? Or was it always follow the doctrine of the matriarch? I felt that it was met in different variations. Some people were supportive of me and other people were staunchly not supportive okay. of me. And um, it really helped for me weed out the people who who I could keep close. That maybe mm -hmm. they didn't even necessarily agree with what I had to say or was thinking or was trying to formulate a strong feeling. Mm -hmm insecurity about how I, I thought about certain things, um, they were still willing to love and appreciate me knowing that we don't always have to agree on everything. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, it's amazing where if you go against the grain, how quickly shut down you can be. Yeah. And has that been the case in pretty, you know, all uh, of your circles? No, not or... in all. Okay. I, definitely in all groups, there have been people that have shut down. That's just another part of life. You can't please everyone all the yeah. time. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Danger, what drew you to a predominantly female followed path? Well, it started in um, high school, really. Um, when, back in Arizona, um, Maricopa, Maricopa was a little town I went to high school. And when we drive through the reservation, I'd see this uh, church, and I knew it wasn't the faith that they were raised with. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, raised with um, their culture didn't. Not, based on, yes, not okay. not their original faith. It was a forced on faith, and I thought to myself, if I could ever find that way they used to worship before the European faiths came and instilled their values and tyrannies over over them, um, I would worship like that. And they worship nature, so I'm here. Mm -hmm. And it started with a um, Scott Cunningham trilogy book, uh, Essential Oils, Herbs, and Brews, or something like that. Um, uh, it well, it had three books in one. It right. was a volume. I found it at a bookman's, and that was all she wrote. I love books. I find it hard to read sometimes because my attention just does not hold. But with that book, uh, I couldn't read it fast enough. Like a fat <laughs> kid eating cake, man. Just give me that shit. You know. When did you realize though that other people that followed that? that path were predominantly women. Not very many men also felt the same way that you were leading. When I met my ex-girlfriend and best friend, Beverly. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. So, it changed it my life for the better. Finding nature-oriented Mm -hmm. souls and just as screwed up as I was. <laughs> I felt loved and welcome in into the coven we had back in mm -hmm. Arizona though everyone 
moved our own ways. You know, life happens, and but we, you know, we're here and you know coming together with you, you beautiful souls, man, is one of the best things that ever happened to us. No, we're the ones that got enriched. Well, anyways, it's when I met her that I realized, whoa, there's a lot of strong women up in here. (laughs) (laughs) Were you intimidated or threatened by it, or did you just accept it? (laughs) No. A lot of strong women up in here. The most, I think, the word that comes to mind when, when I first met everybody at the neighborhood barbecue, where, um, you know... It was bomb food, so bomb. Uh, anyways, our our friend Eddie was talking about his his pedicure that he just had, and uh, he's beautiful gay man. He, you know, I love him. Hey Eddie, <laughs> how you doing, brother? Love you. Well, when he uh, was talking about you know his shiny toenails, I was like. What the shiny toenails? When did men start getting? <laughs> I can see my reflection in there. But it's uh, one of the most beautiful souls I know. He's a great, great friend. Anyways, that was the most intimidated I've been, but not so much by the women, other than here. <laughs> just a little, if you want to stay healthy, just. But there has to be balance and respect. It can't be all just yeah. intimidation. I think the strong, strong women. I mean, they help us find strength, and not so much the testosterone um, colored points of having to be a certain mm-hmm. way. You know, you know, we can. Fucking cry, fucking cry. We can uh, go off and be moody, pull our head out of our ass, and then come back to the people we love, because that's what life's about. The strong women, the good strong women, will push us to feel our emotions, and will hold us to be our higher selves, and will love us regardless of what we're doing. And that love doesn't mean you're my wife. Or anything like that. That love can come as a sister, as a mother, as an uncle, or or whatever variation you want to put on family, which is the people who have your back regardless of name and blood. In the end, really, truly, what family is, is the people that stick with you through everything. And And demand your best. And demand your best. They're the people who call you on your bullshit. (laughs) And it's good. It's good to have, you know... A sacred feminine to push for that yeah. you know it's something that we strive for in as masculine but we get is a little, to serve and protect at some point and, it, little, and it's good to be felt wanted in that role true though we get, do get our hackles up from time to time it's true oh time yeah. to time <laughs> okay do you remember oh, we you said strong confident women push mm-hmm. us to be our best okay that's and true. it's good to yeah. feel wanted in ways that men enjoy feeling <coughs> appreciated for. Protection. Yes. Providing security. But, like, when we're pushed to when our, mascu- when our masculinity is trusted. Yes. That's, yes. It's fulfilling to be yeah. wanted in a manner that feels in a deep, intuitive, like, 
were called to feel wanted in that manner. Yeah. And when that is appreciated, and that's, and that's not ego. Uh, that's no, not, that's not ego that's, at all. It's just part of, I think, our base who we are as as man, as men. And I don't think there's any getting around that, but we can't allow ourselves to say that that makes us the dominant side. No, no. there truthfully there is no dominant no. side. We <laughs> we have to have balance. Without balance, it just turns into a cancer and just yeah, fucks you. Yeah, cuz I was talking know. to Level and Gussie yesterday, I think it was about the whole concept of alpha male and what that all the, the notion behind that isn't really a valid notion right there it's there's no such thing as an alpha male it just well as as i mean take an alpha that's, male that's and, totally arguable through well science just observing around us there are definitely alpha males within nature and the other animals that surround us none of which i feel are any less intelligent just because we can't understand what they're saying doesn't mean that they're any less intelligent or sentient than us. Right, but what I'm saying is but the in, concept of an alpha male or I, an alpha female by what we've been taught isn't true. There isn't a man in charge or a woman in charge. It truly is a balance of what is best yes. for the pack, the pride, the herd, the flock, the whatever. And there are alpha females in nature. As well as yes. within our society, who are yes. definitely in charge of what they are doing. Yes, all the packs or herds tend to be matriarchal, mm -hmm. and that's what I was trying to get around to. That having that balance. So yeah. yes, our notion of alpha male within the human societal right. standards is invalid. Right, exactly. I think a lot of it is held as um, attacking and um, possessing. And conquering, and I don't think that those I are healthy, are healthy ways of thinking. I have of more being chest like hair a successful you. male. I think that protecting <laughs> and providing you are things do. that should be high on, and protecting family. You know, hopefully from a predator or something that threatens our livelihood and life, but not going out and picking fights. You know, it's, yeah. it's how we perceive. Let me add, okay, alpha right. traits in being a healthy balance of those of you what say, we have. But you say not outpicking fights, but to kind of throw a, a bug in that thought process is your clan, your village is slow on supplies. It's not going to make it through winter. But the village over there, they got a lot. They will survive. If I would have to say. <laughs> but no matter what I would like to idealize myself doing in that situation, uh -huh. in the end, I think humans are pushed to do great things. Sometimes they do things they are not very happy for in order to continue to live. Sometimes drawing that line of morality starts changing the more desperate things are. That's, <laughs> that's just human truth, man. I know some really damn good people that talked a good game until they got put up in a corner, man. And their true colors showed, and nobody really knows their true colors until they're stuck even, in the situation. I can't even agree with true colors in that concept, because I know in my past, and I'm sure in years and years, you've been forced to make decisions just to survive that had nothing to do with your morality. It had everything to do with, Jesus, if I don't do this and bad things going to happen, mm -hmm. I know it ain't but, exactly right, but... That, that does color your future choices because 
just because you have to do something or, you know, you know, to survive, get by, that may not be ideal or to make your family proud kind of thing. You know, you can mm -hmm. learn from stuff like that and, you know, heal and not be a dumbass and do the same <laughs> shit over again, you know? You what? No, just... okay, not make the immoral decision that you were forced to make or well, not get not... yourself in a position where you have to make that kind of decision. Well, yeah, to learn not to get in that okay. position. And that, that applies to many aspects in life. You know, you learn how not to, you know, stick a hot, milky pen in your mouth after the first time I did that when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, my mom, takes once. My mom was making beans, and I thought, hey, I'm going to take this plastic pen and stick it in the fire. Ooh, I wonder what... I'm I scream. Oh. That looks like taffy. <laughs> Mr. Stickin' Plastic. <laughs> so exactly Graham. what, no, I just want to, I have to ask okay. this. What exactly possessed you to take the piece of plastic and melt it in places that you know? I don't know, probably the same thing that possessed me to ride a broom right next to this old magazine slash record player with, uh, brass um, pointy thingies on it which uh, impaled into my back and my dad had to pop it out like I could feel oh. it never ride a broom next to a <laughs> next to sharp pointy shit that you can fall off thank you for that bit of advice or if you do wear a safety harness. next time I ride a broom it'll be outdoors nothing around me a Kevlar vest harness 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 okay yeah that's funny so Graham what's your story what pulled you into this heavily feminine-dominated spiritual path of yours? You know, I've actually been dreading that coming around to me. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I've been kind of hoping to stall the answer off for a while because I haven't been able to decide the truth to it, in all honesty. Um, the morality behind my decision. The motivation, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. My introduction to it, to um, paganism on a whole, I guess, is, it was through uh, a woman that lived in our neighborhood. Um, much older than we were, and, uh, at, or as I was at the time. I was uh, in my early teens, and she was in her f late 30s, early 40s, somewhere in there. Um, wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that she was a witch, but she was uh, definitely on a path other than the standard, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't fit into a cookie cutter mold. Well, no, what I, I can't really. They proclaimed, I say they because her coven was all women, mm -hmm. um, and they proclaimed it to be um, druidic in stylings. Okay. Uh, but with a lot of thought processes that I know now to be very self serving. But, um, I, so I can't really identify what path they were really on other than. To be served. 
That's and that's the best way I can put it. Um, when I started asking questions of our of our friend down the street who walked this particular path, um, started showing interest in what it is that she followed. Um, I at the time didn't know that it was predominantly female thing. It just she happened to be a woman that did this and. Uh, but then I was slowly introduced to her coven, and that was all women. Um, and I thought that it was a little different, but who am I to say? Mm -hmm. you know, I was raised as uh, members of my family, Mormon, some Jehovah Witness, some Baptist minister. <laughs> I myself was entertaining. All 30 wonderful flavors. Yeah. <laughs> I myself was entertaining at one time. I mean, about that time in my life, maybe becoming a minister. Um, so, um, when I started asking questions of her faith and some of the things that she said that were counter to what I had been raised with in my various Christian-based <coughs> understandings, they just didn't line up. They just, wait, that sounds very much like what's in the Bible. What are you doing? Taking this from the Bible and saying it's us? And mm -hmm. it's the way I was educated that no, it's actually the other way around. No doubt. In many ways. Correct. Yeah, the more I looked into this path as I became introduced to it, I was like, whoa. Yep. Whoa, this is the same story. Yep. There's different names. Yep. How can this be? <laughs> but on the other side of that, too, the way I was introduced to it was through a woman that inevitably, um, later on down the road, started using my services in ways that a young teen shouldn't be allowed to participate in if I don't really need to go any further right. than that. Um, but it, not just for her, but for her coven. It, um, I was a tool. Um, nice. Well, that's literally what it was, though. Yeah. Um, and you can imagine at the time, me being at the age I was, I know this isn't wrong, but this is so right. Right. Uh, but this is so wrong. And it did mm -hmm. give me, mm -hmm. in the end, more of a twisted or warped view on what pagan beliefs were. Mm -hmm. So when that started to drive, when, when that went away and I was more atheist and wasn't walking any particular path, <coughs> I met a girl that was a witch. And then I was 17 or so years old and, well, to be honest, I wanted to get down her pants. How do you get down a witch's pants? You're a witch and let's have sex. <coughs> In a circle. Yeah. <laughs> so to be honest, that was my first real exposure to that path anyway, was just, like you said, easy way to get laid, to be honest. Yeah, but little did you know you'd be connecting with something so sacred and ancient, you know? Yes. Yeah, and, and I... I'm thankful for that original sin, I guess you can say, in that respect. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sounds fun. But it did, I, I'll honestly say that because of that, the initial exposure, when I started to truly look at this as a better, truly honest path for me to follow, the realization that it was predominantly women didn't really bother me. It, but then when I started getting more involved in covens of integrity that were at least 
were more integral than what my introduction was, um, I did start to realize that still in some ways we are just a tool. Um, we're a prop in the ceremonies more than an equal with in the ceremony. If that, um, and I allowed that to happen within the coven that, that I had first really started being in charge of, if you can call it that. We weren't using the high priest priestess mentality. Um, but I allowed it to still be mostly matriarchal because I thought, well, that's just the way it is. I was one of only two guys within that coven. So, but I still feel that it was not balanced. It wasn't the right way to do it. There still needs to be that balance. So in this incarnation of my life, I really am so so aware of a balance that is starting to strike. It's It really is. I'm surrounding myself with people that don't view it as a high woman in charge type situation. And men aren't the one in charge. It's just sort of... The women tell me sometimes, hey, that was a bit, the guys tell me sometimes, hey, that was a little, and it isn't a dominance thing, it's a, we're all in it together, to mm -hmm. be yeah, better we're all, together. Mm -hmm. We're all a team, we, we like horses pulling a wagon. I was going to say, we have to equally share the harness yeah. to pull yes. all this weight. Yes, that's so mm -hmm. true. And it, and it really warms my heart to see my youngest daughter. A little mess being raised not just by Gussie and I, but by the family on a whole, but with deference to where Gussie's and my morality are. If you get, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You don't do anything or say anything to the help raising of, of her that we ourselves don't already naturally migrate to. And I see that in her, that ability to take what all of us have to say and digest it mm -hmm. and learn from it. And that really makes me happy. So I think that as she grows older and if she walks this path, her future coven's going to naturally be just a balance. There isn't going to be a matriarchal side to it or a patriarchal She's side. She's already observed as it should people be. People trying to right. find the center. Right. And allow any path really spiritually to be accepted within a covenant. It doesn't have to be all of us doing the same thing, walking the same ideals in the same path. Right. Same God, same goddess, same ritual, same... We want that integration of moralities, of strengths and weaknesses to better us on a whole. Mm -hmm. And my children are going to benefit from that, I truly hope. I hope that's a benefit anyway. I don't know. I'm not saying that the Dup way is the best way. No, it's the best way. But it's us. a way. It's a way. <laughs> Albeit experimentally. <laughs> We're all learning. No one we has are. a blueprint to life. No. That'd be too easy. Yeah, but this is. Yeah. Albeit at times very confusing, I think the happiest I've really been. Truly. Cool. And a long, if not ever. Well, I can't say ever, can I? 
long term, more than just one moment in time, such as yes, the birth of a child, are. happy. Gotcha. So, and that I really do appreciate. This child isn't old enough to hate yet. <laughs> we haven't broke her. We'll have to try harder. You know, I was actually that's actually funny because Mist has this wit about her that sometimes makes me cringe. Because she does have the ability to to hit a nerve, strike that little oof. Gosh, that hurt when she quips back at you at times. I don't know if she's done that to you or she doesn't know me that personally. Okay, but yeah, because when we Mom get and to dad, she's been around you her whole life. Yeah. She knows where your buttons are. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's just it, though, is because the banter that I've always had with her from the get go is we do kind of pick at each other. Yeah, totally. I'm sure you've seen it, and there's. And it dawned on me that maybe if I reach a point where she's quipping back at me that I can't tell if she's being a turd or is this just our game? <laughs> I did something wrong. <laughs> I didn't show her the off switch or the balance switch somewhere. <laughs> but on that end, I'm kind of proud of her for her quick mind. And <laughs> I think that'll be important as she ages. Now you got to teach her to appropriately question authority. <laughs> yes. You know that question authority thing? Yeah. How do you appropriately buck authority? I have a thought on that. It's like power and finesse. You can have a lot of power, but that means nothing unless you can use it with finesse. You can't just okay. smash through life. Sometimes you have to gently place things. And so... Yeah, but who's in charge of placing it? Huh? <laughs> no, yeah, I think you can't put it there. His idea is a little better, I think. What idea? <laughs> what are you going to smash through or gently place? Sometimes you can't. Wait. You have to have one or the other. You have to be able to use your power with, with grace. Yes, power with grace. Well, but <laughs> if you're the one that's molding a child's growth, Obviously, you're going to mold that child in what you think is the best way to raise that child. That's absolutely right. And it's good for them to honor you and seek experience through your experience. Um, you know, they should be able to come and ask you questions and trust you. Trust that they're giving you their best instead of always questioning and fighting it's much better when there's an established trust. Okay, but am I being a, of a disservice if, Danger, I'm raising mm. my daughter with my political views and my pol religious views, my my morality? Well, you're raising her the best way that, you know, where your soul feels where the, is the right path for you. Mm -hmm. And but yet open-minded enough that if she chose to change a different to a different path, you'd love her nonetheless. Which, um, you know, speaking, you know, that brings a a friend of mine, um, Eddie, to mind. He's he's hi, hi Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> he's a very beautiful soul. Um, he's a pagan Christian. You know, he mm -hmm. observes both faiths and, uh, yeah, well, anyways, he's a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, God. We're talking about raising my morality and my children. What makes my morality right? Yeah. Well, yeah. He. When I think of like, like say, if she chose to go the Christian faith, mm -hmm. I mean, even though you would hope that she would follow, you know, in what in, in your path, but mm -hmm. you love her nonetheless, mm -hmm. kind of like um, Eddie's family and friends, the ones who are not assholes probably because every family has them no no disrespect <laughs> my bad but, um you know love him for being who he is but is i mean i guess my confusion lies is we'll never really get to any kind of community on a global scale if each of us have a different set of rules at which we raise the next generation with. I raised my 13-year-old son. Um, I raised him. He's been to church. He's gone to other friends or spiritual mm -hmm. events. He's um, done ceremony in a pagan circle. Um, we've traveled throughout the United States. We've dropped out into uh, a Hopi reservation and attended some of their spiritual wow. events that they had throughout the year mm -hmm. and made friends and connected with them and lived in the desert for a while. Mm -hmm. um, we've like had some really, really cool experiences with people from all over. And I always told my son, like, I'm, I feel really drawn to earth spirituality. I was like, but I want you to know that there's so much out here. And, like, you can choose whatever calls you the most. Right. So, but do, okay. you, do you think it's wrong for parents to... It's not our choice. And if we take away that free will... Upon them. As a Christian, if you expect a person to lose that free will to choose their own spirituality uh -huh. and be introduced to it, then you're robbing them the very... The very core of what God says is of to be humankind. You free have will. free will. Right, okay.